Up next, the news you can use from YAA. It's your 30-minute fix for all your car questions, industry news, and tips you can use when buying your next vehicle. We're your hosts, Ray and Zach Shepska, the founders of YAA. We're here every weekday, live at noon Eastern. Check us out at joinyaa.com. Come on, get in! It's noon on Monday, January 3rd, 2022, and this is news that you can use. Brought to you by your dear friends at YAA. And there's Chubby Cheek, Zach, and Ray today. Zach, I know I know Saturday night's live stream, you, you played hurt. Played hurt. Um, you did. And and I believe uh shortly after this program, you're you're going in for as as they like to say of most athletes, he's having minor surgery. Uh, and it's always minor when it's on somebody other than you. But <laughs> but, but I believe you're going in for uh, some minor um, oral surgery at one o'clock today. Yeah, unfortunately, yeah, yeah. You say it looks swollen. I don't. I'm telling you. Okay. Tomorrow you're going to look like a squirrel that's storing nuts in his right cheek, but <laughs> but today it only looks like you're storing one. Uh, Mario's with us. Justice is here with us. Matthew, thanks for being here. Igor as well. John, Leon, Jimmy, Mark, Arturo. Good to see all you guys. Thanks for being here with us. Yes, getting surgery done in an hour, so that should be exciting. I will report back as soon as it's up and uh, finished, and I'm I'm back uh, on my feet. But pops. Yes, important work to do. Okay, I don't mind playing through the pain so long as you're willing to uh, uh, do it with me. And I'm glad we've got each other for this. We had a hell of an article that was on the front page of Automotive News, and I think we should kick things off today. Usually we save it for the end of the show. We're going to start with it right here. Really? You You got to be kidding kidding me. All right, so here it is from Automotive News. Ex-dealer convicted in Toyota fraud case. And Igor, I know you're on the chat today, so I'd love to get your take on this as well. Pops, James Pinson was a used car dealer in Kentucky. That's where all the good things in this story come to an end. He had fake titles. He, used, <laughs> he, he leveraged the Toyota buyback program. Like, run us through what the heck James Pinson was doing. Well, uh, Toyota had a buyback program for some of their trucks that were rusting. And and the way the program worked is that they would pay a 50% premium over the wholesale value of the vehicle to the person that owned it, as long as it was a consumer that owned it, not a dealership. So Mr. Pinson, being the um, overly creative type that he is, said, hey, why don't we buy some of these trucks at auction and I don't know, create fake titles to put them in customers' names so that we can collect the premium on these vehicles. And bless his heart, that's what he and his cronies did. Uh, (laughs) They utilized information that they had from customers on their lot at their dealership to uh, then create these fake titles for these vehicles. And eventually they built... Um, uh, Toyota Motor Corporation out of $4.3 million. $4.3 million. And I understand huh. that that type of money buys a nice beach house in Pauley's <laughs> Island, South Carolina, which, which uh, um, uh, an executive from Toyota might be, uh, might be taking over sometime soon. 
Yeah, absolutely. And and what stood out to me from this story is just kind of like how, what's the word? Like out in the open it was. Like Toyota has this program. Someone was creative. All right, I've got, you know, uh, customer information let me just fake a bunch of titles and it was back in 2013 2014 that they were doing this so or 2015 up to 2015 like it had been a little bit of a while uh for that scam to have gone on and it reminded me of the story we did earlier this year that wasn't i mean the story we did last year excuse me with big red um Mm -hmm. out of oklahoma that was consumer facing like they i mean this one also was using customer information so they're both consumer facing but the prior story the convictions and and uh Charges that were lobbied against the big red crew, yeah. uh, the dealership, because they were essentially inflating uh, down payments and things like that. It just kind of goes to show like people will go to incredible lengths to scam others and to make money. It's really pretty egregious. Uh, and, and what's really frightening to me is that there, it takes a lot of thought to put together a scheme like this. Now, imagine, if you will. Hmm. that you actually use that thought to put good things together as opposed to bad things together. Instead of figuring out how to take advantage of a situation, you, you use your thought processes to figure out how to make situations better. I think there Um, was too many S's on that processes. I I believe there might've been, Um, you know, but at my age, uh, S's happen. What can I tell you? Um, so it, it's it, it points to the to the folly and the creativity of of human beings. I mean, criminals, a lot of criminals are exceedingly intelligent and very creative with how they put their schemes together. That's not to say that the vast majority of criminals aren't well, absolute morons and leave so many clues that it's baffling that the cases don't get solved sooner than they do. But, but it's just, it's just amazing the amount of energy people will spend to scam others. It, it, you know, and, and the perfect example of that is, Mm -hmm. you know, we talk about Ponzi schemes. Well, you know why it's called a Ponzi scheme? Hmm. Because the first person that was ever convicted for it, his last name was Ponzi, okay? And that's where it comes from. And, you know, and, and all throughout history, hmm. people have figured out ways to take advantage of other people. You know, Bernie Madoff, God bless his soul, you know, he did it better than most until... Why well, God bless his soul? Then? All right, let's switch gears. I don't want, I don't, I don't want to spend any more time on Ponzi's keep on your blessed... Anyway, all right. A couple things in the chat box. Yes. First, we got Yah for Life over on Twitch. Thank you. God God bless Yah for Life. Uh, you also, know, and I figure that's who I am. And John B. saying in the chat, I see Carvana is in more trouble for issuing bad checks when they buy people's cars. I haven't heard of that. I haven't seen any uh, articles about yeah. that. If someone can link us to an article, we would love to, to read that. And Pops, we've got from MPEG here. Have you seen how high Tesla's sales were for last quarter? I don't know if you uh, saw that. Let's definitely touch on it uh, as well. Yeah, I believe it was over 300,000 for the quarter. Yeah, yes. Tesla globally, globally. It. Now, let, let's also mention that that Tesla had four hundred, I think, seventy five thousand vehicles recalled. Mm-hmm. Um, they're participating in a recall on four hundred seventy five thousand of the vehicles, and I'm not saying that to suggest 
that they're any different than any other manufacturer. They're just like all the others that we've yeah, talked about Ram recalls earlier this year. Yeah, cars or, get cars get engineered, cars get produced, and eventually they realize that there were some errors in some of the engineering. And it doesn't matter if it's a GM product or a Tesla product or a Rivian product. It that's why um, their recalls happen is because you know. Stuff happens. I mean, it just ha I mean, you, you can't think of every eventuality when you're when you're engineering stuff. Well, and also just to be clear, the only reason it will become like front page news is because it's got Tesla's name attached to it. Like well, there are recalls all yeah. the time. Uh -huh. But this will get this will garner more and more interest. That's a big sip of coffee, man. You make sure you you good. Yeah. Well, you know, it's my all day cup. All right, let's talk about the chip shortage, Dad. Because now that we're in 2022, things are magically better, right? Of course. Oh, my God. It's raining cars and trucks, ladies and gentlemen. When when you go to the dealership later this week, the dealership that had three new cars on their lot will suddenly have four. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so the latest news on the chip storage front is not so great. We've got some shutdowns affecting different cities where there's manufacturing globally. So that's like a story of note. Um, it's happening over in China, not necessarily automotive chips per se, but just in general, like there's still hangups and issues with, uh, with chip production and chip manufacturing. Yes. And we had from automotive news that they actually put together a really, really, really interesting piece. I'll pull it up on the screen and we can run through some of the, uh, the finer points here. They set up these sections that I'll pull up on the screen. This data comes from ST microelectronics and they are a company that produces chips for automakers. This is, I thought, really interesting. We talked a lot about it, talked about it a bit on Saturday night. Three months, that's the length of time for production of a silicon wafer. That's incredible. There's yes. 180,000 wafers in process at any given moment. It takes 500 production steps to create a, a, a semiconductor or computer chip. 900 machines are needed for the chip production. Like, that's that's hard to even... That's, yeah. I'm looking around my office here. Like, I've got... 10 machines in here like it's crazy to think you need you, nine you, you could you could barely fit five people in your office <laughs> phone call yeah well we'll just get rid of that 50 that's the layers of silicon oxide aluminum and other materials needed for each chip 2000 the number of eight inch wafers produced daily up to 1000 are the number of chips per wafer then lower on the page, they do another one of these little call out sections. They've got all sorts of information about how chips are actually produced. I'm going to start just here. Okay. Features embedded on a chip are measured in nanometers. One nanometer is one millionth of a millimeter. For perspective here, the human hair, a human hair is one tenth of a, milli a millimeter. That's in, like. Uh, uh, imagine if I had a. A head full of human hair. <laughs> the cost of each chip ranges from $0.30 cents to $50. Most automotive applications are at the lower end, costing less than a dollar. We know that some functionalities within vehicles, and they even call it out down here, driver assistance systems, things like that, they, they cost more. Those chips yes. are more expensive. And there's anywhere from 1,000 to 4,000 chips within a vehicle. It's pretty amazing. It, it, you know, I believe a package arrived, and that's why they keep calling me. Either that or Ventnor City's telling you that it's snowing outside. Well, I did get a call earlier from Ventnor letting me know that, well, you can't get off of the island. Uh, the Dorset Avenue Bridge was closed for flooding, and so was Wellington Avenue. So, Fair thank enough. You, yeah, thank God I'm not going anywhere. Um, it, it, it's, it's amazing the, the process that it takes to make chips. And what's amazing 
is that with all those machines, the amount of time that it takes is that you can still afford to make some chips that only cost 30 cents. You know, it would seem to me with all those machines and everything else, that 30 cents should be $30,000. But it's, it's just fascinating. And, and, and what's more fascinating is, is how they can fit so much into so little. Yeah, definitely. Also, Jimmy hit the nail on the head here. Probably a phone call about your car warranty. So just, you know, next it time. very well could be, you know, on the Subaru that I owned 43 years ago. <laughs> so so here's the deal. Chip shortage isn't going anywhere. That being said, the expectation is for things to be better here. Yes. In the new year. So, for example, Toyota, their positioning on the chip shortage has been like the strongest and they've had the most positive outlook, I think, of everyone. I mean, they're, yes. they're pretty much saying that like, hey, this year we're going to be A-OK. Other like market projectors like IHS market, for example, Edmonds, they're projecting a pretty substantial rebound from where we were last year in terms of new vehicles sold. But we're still looking at a decrease, you know, from where we were two years ago. And, It'll be an and, increase and, from last and year, what though. normally would have been expected. I mean, if there's a 10% increase, um, you know, they're, they're projecting that somewhere between 15 million and 15 and a half million new vehicles will be sold in the United States in 2022. Yeah. Um, but that is significantly below the high water mark, which I think was 17 and a half million or 18 million, 18 million. Just, just a couple of years ago. Um, you know, the, the amount of lost production um, and last year it was somewhere between 10 and 11 million vehicles globally lost to production. And yep. this year, Boston Consulting Group is reporting that they think are projecting that they think another seven to eight million vehicles will be lost. So that's that's like about 18 million vehicles that will be lost to production over a two-year period of time. That is a huge, huge yeah. amount. And the long-term impacts of that lost production will continue for three or four years. Um, even if there is a 10% increase in, in, in production capacity for manufacturers, at this point, most of what's being produced is pre-sold. It's not like it's just stock inventory that's being produced. It's customer spoken for sold inventory that's being produced, which means that the manufacturer still won't be in a position to produce the fleets of lower priced vehicles that uh, your rental car companies would would want and need at this point um, to replenish their fleets of vehicles. So this this can drag on uh, pricing wise and things of that nature for two, three years until things can get straightened out. So let's actually hit on that, Dad. That was one of the articles that I wanted to touch on today. This comes from KVUE out of Austin. And then we're going to come to the chat. I see some questions in there that I want to ask you, Dad. Austin man told to wait 18 months for car because of chip shortage. Stephen Cook was searching for a car in the middle of the shortage. After heading to a dealership, he realized finding the car he truly wanted wasn't, to go, wasn't going to be easy. This article essentially just talks about everything that we speak about. However, it puts into perspective here. Yeah, it's right here. When they went to another dealer in search of a Ford Bronco, he was told he had to wait 18 months for it to arrive. One of the salespeople had said that the truck that pulls all the cars from state to state or across the state, all those cars are coming off that truck are already 
sold. So we're getting now finally like the local news is getting behind this and it's is essentially saying, okay, you know, you're going to factory order cars. That's great. Remember last year, Dad, all we ever talked about was how Ford, they even ran ads. They were like, here's an incentive of $1,000 to order yeah. a car. We don't know when the hell you're going to get it. Like that's <laughs> that's what we're seeing right now. Here And Steve in the chat, been waiting five months for my TRX, for example. Like what's going to happen when people are waiting so long that the model years have flipped over? What the hell do you do then? Um, uh, you, you, you pay. But you pay. what car do you get? What model year? What MSRP? They could change the MSRP. Like, what do you do? Yeah, you you you, uh, you shuffle along, young man. I mean, it's just it's it's what it is at the moment. Um, you try your best to lock in the price. You try and get the manufacturers to lock in the price for you. Um, and maybe that's what we'll see moving forward. Is that? If a customer orders a vehicle, say a customer goes into their dealership and they order a vehicle today yeah, um, at today's pricing, that the manufacturer, knowing that it might take three, four, five, six months, will say, okay, we will lock in that price for your vehicle, not yeah. necessarily for um, anybody else. You know, if somebody doesn't order the vehicle, the price will end up being the price at the end of time. Um, but I, I believe if if most manufacturers want to get to the point where they're built to order, and, and that seems to be a direction a lot of them want to go, then in order to do that, they have to give an incentive to the consumer, and the incentive would have to be, we'll lock in your price regardless of what happens. Yeah, if there has to be some trust there because – if there isn't, what are you doing? You're putting you're putting down the deposit, and like, what do you expect? Yeah, and and uh, let's face it, there's hard to be trust between a vehicle manufacturer, or a dealership, and a consumer. Um, um, whatever trust there is, what whatever minimal amount of trust there is, um, has been brought about because of uh, the efforts of how vehicles were built and sold in the past that make it hard for each of those entities to trust the other. You know, I get a kick out of pulling up this stat all the time. So let me, let me do it right here. This is from our friends over at Gallup. U.S. ethics ratings rise for medical workers and teachers. Let's scroll down here. So we've got profession ratings for having very high slash high honesty and ethical standards. This is 2020 over here. Yeah. The only profession to tie yeah. congressperson. Wow. Those people. Wow. Yeah. But the difference is Congress people have gone down four points. Salespeople, car salespeople only went down one point because they were they were held with disdain to begin with. Um, and, and honestly, more people should have been holding their Congress people with more disdain over the years. But that's just me. All right, let me run back up here in the chat real quick, Pops. This is from John B. Will this make manufacturers start building their own chip plants to make the chips and cut out the middleman or you know, getting them from, from other countries? Yeah, I mean, we've seen a lot of companies talk about that position around that plants being built here in the United States. The issue with that is it's not a one, you know, you can't flip a switch and it turns on. Uh, it's a three-year process. You know, you, you, you can say today, gee, okay, we're going into the chip business and we're going to build the plant. Okay, that's a three-year process. 
um, that that's not something that, that that happens tomorrow. Now, a lot of the manufacturers are trying to strike strategic or more strategic partnerships, even though they're not investing any money, uh, but strategic partnerships with the with the chip manufacturers to help design the chips or or have a little more say in what it is that they need for their vehicles. Um, and that's that's completely different than saying, OK, we're going to open up our own plants. Yeah, yeah, it really is. But there is a big push to do more things domestically, which makes sense. Yes, yes. well, it should be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, also, because think about it. Now that we're like the general awareness about Chipstad has gone up a lot, right? 1,000 to 4,000 in your car. How many do you think are in like, I don't know, our weapons and like defense and things like that? Do we really want to be relying on, on you um, know, foreign country? Probably not. And so it's interesting that like this push because of this situation is making us reassess and think about, you know, things that are made here in the United States. Yeah. And, and God knows, uh, you know, what, what you could actually build into and, 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 and hide in a chip that, as far as tracking devices and things like that uh, to garner insights and inside information um, that nobody might be aware of that, that that's happening. Two college uh, dropouts teaching you about chips right here. Yeah, yeah. And, and what about these things, you know, these cell phones? I mean, all the chips involved in that and all the tracking involved in that. Well, let's switch gears, Pops, and let's talk about something that is tracking up into the right, and that would be dealership profits. This article comes to us from Automotive News. NADA sees record profits for dealers. Dad, car yeah. dealerships had a banner year in 2021, and the expectation is that 2022 will be very similar. Um, yeah. Um, dealers are making more money than they've ever made, um, net profit-wise. Um it, it's just, you know, in the past, it used to be that that if you could make uh, one to one and a half percent uh, in net profit, you were doing good. Uh, my suspicion is that that number is probably closer to four to four and a half percent today, maybe even five percent. And the profits that are being made are staggering, uh, just absolutely staggering. I mean, the average dealership is expected to make just under $4 million in net profit selling. The average dealership sells uh, about 1,300 cars. So now if, if selling 1,300 cars nets you about $4 million, imagine those mega dealerships that are selling 2,000 cars, 3,000 cars, 4,000 cars annually, and the amount of money that they're making. Um, and, and, you know, and, and that translates into huge amounts of money that dealership employees are making. Having, having spoken to a friend of mine just the other day, they've got some finance people yeah. at some of their stores that are making, are you sitting down for this, are making in excess of $40,000 a month. Okay. Our bank is a relationship bank. You're going to find. I don't know what that was, but, but, you know, over $40,000 a month placing loans, selling protection packages. Um, That's half a million dollars a year. Last time I checked. Yeah. Wow. And, and you're thinking to yourself, uh, what am I doing here? No. <laughs> is that inflation adjusted half a million? Uh, that's, that's uh that's pandemic adjusted a half a million because of the average selling price. And, you know, I mean, the average dealership today, 
Yeah. Um, makes over $5,000 per sale, including front end and back end profits. And, and so, um, you know, it's crazy that it's an entirely different car business today than it was three years ago when you oh, left, you left what, four years ago now? Five years when, ago? When, yeah. It'll be uh, four years ago this month. And, and yeah, when I left, I mean, I remember, um, when I would check with my Audi rep to find out, well, what the average gross profit was. On and you the hated video. selling Audis because they were the race to the bottom, right? Well, but yeah, it wasn't even a race. Let's just start <laughs> at the bottom. Um, and and so, you know, I would ask, well, what's what's the average gross profit per model? And I, re I remember on the Q3, for instance. Yeah. It was $1,000 below invoice. $1,000 below invoice i remember ordering a vehicle for a lady okay and i told her i will sell it to you at what the average tr transaction or gross profit is for these vehicles which happens to be a thousand dollars below invoice so the invoice in the car is x i'm going to minus a thousand dollars from that and you're going to pay y and and it was like okay and, and you were happy to get whatever rebates or incentives you could get from the manufacturer to make a little bit of money and, and try and make money in the back end. Well, today, you know, that negative $1,000 gross profit is probably a positive $3,000 gross profit or more. Um, so that it's just, it has changed 180 degrees from what it had been just four years ago from Forget it from just two years ago. It, it, you know, two years ago, the average new car front end gross profit was probably somewhere between 200 to 300 dollars. And today it's closer to 3,000. Yeah. And we've got Igor here. Q3s nowadays do 4,500 to 6,500 with back end and PVR. PVR is per vehicle retailed, the amount yes. of gross per vehicle retailed. Yeah, yeah, it's it's truly unbelievable. And so we talked a little bit, you and I, Dad, earlier, and it'll come out in a video later this week, but like how car buying has changed, like how it just fundamentally has changed. Will it stick around forever is kind of a big open question. You know, will it go back to the race to the bottom? I think so, probably, because the moment someone stocks a dealership lot, lot excuse me, back up with inventory and adds incentives to try and capture demand, they'll probably all start to go back to that. But for now, we're in this build-to-order environment where you have no clue when it's actually going to come in, and a deal is MSRP. It's crazy. It makes you think that eventually there's got to be some rules put in place to kind of uh, you know, hold back some of these really egregious markups that we're seeing. Well, and, 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 a, and a good deal today is MSRP. And, and in many cases, um, people are, are paying MSRP plus market adjustments, uh, plus dealer installed accessories that they didn't ask for. Um, and, and so that's what makes it worse. I mean, people, people have accepted the fact that they will pay MSRP and a large percentage of people have accepted the fact that they will pay MSRP plus so, and the plus might be MSRP plus 2000 or 3000, whatever it is. Um, and that changes how cars are sold dramatically. Um, you, you know, I, I mentioned to you that three, four years ago when I was in the dealership environment, and if, if, if somebody would have laid down and said, yeah, I'll buy the car for MSRP. Well, when that person left, everybody in the store was high-fiving and hugging. Okay. Because that didn't happen. 
Okay. It was like, you'd say to yourself, what was wrong with that person? Okay. And, and today, if you could get MSRP as the customer, you'd be high-fiving and hugging because that in so many cases is actually a deal today. Yeah, so let's talk about just really quickly here to wrap up today's show, Dad. If you're not going to buy a car, you're just going to hold on to the car that you have. We offer, we're really proud of it, the YAA Extended Warranty products. So back at joinyaa.com slash extended dash warranty. We've got all the information about what's covered. You can actually view the contract. Like there's no there's no gimmicks here, I guess, is like what we're very proud of. Um, everything is transparent. We make our $500. So if you can beat that price, if you can use it to leverage and negotiate with someone else, more power to you. But really proud of what we put together here. We have the brand new extended warranty page up. Just give us your year make model or your license plate or your VIN, and we'll get you a quote. We got all the information here from Kimberly and Mario, and of course, you down here as well, Pops. So, you know, like, how does it actually work? Can I cancel it? Where can I take it? Do I pay deductibles for it? Like, all the information. It's actually right here because more and more people are going to be holding on to their cars, Dad, and we got to help them. If, if they are yes. going to hold on to it, don't be surprised by some major repair or something. Or don't buy an extended warranty. Just keep tucking away money so that you can pay for those things, one or the other. Yeah, like put put a hundred dollars a month away, or or one hundred fifty dollars a month away in a separate account um, for unexpected uh, repairs as they come up. Yep, those are yeah. things that you can should be thinking about because you shouldn't buy a car right now. That's for it, damn sure. It, it's almost like dental insurance for your car. You have dental insurance? I have dental insurance. <laughs> All right. I got to go walk over through the snowstorm to the surgery. To the I can't believe I'm doing this. Yeah. Can I do it today? I guess I should do it. I, I'm in a lot of pain, man. Yeah. Well, get it done. And I'm telling you, you're, you're looking like a chipmunk with it, with at least one nut in yeah. your in your right cheek. It's swollen. Your face is swollen. If you want to know what you would look like uh, being 30 pounds overweight, like I look. 30? Okay. You think it's that swollen? I look like I added 30 pounds? No, but but it, it, it'll, you know, you it look at this, 30. look at, look at this face. This is a fat face and, and your face, face. Well, thank you. And your face is a little fuller today. Thanks to the swelling. Um, yeah. You don't look nearly as gaunt. <laughs> All right, Pops. Well, thanks for your time as always. Everyone tune in tomorrow. It should be very exciting and fascinating what the hell we put on tomorrow. Yeah, so yeah. I, I, I can see it just like drooling as we're talking. Blood oozing out of your yeah. mouth. It'll be, it'll be such a pleasure. <laughs> it hurts to smile. Stop okay. I'm sorry. Don't smile, Hanson. But All you right. have such a beautiful smile. Yeah, thank you, Pops. All right. I love you. Thank you for your time. I will text you after surgery. Yeah, please do. Keep me posted and be careful walking around in the snow. All right. Will do. Love you, Pops. Uh, See I you guys. You too, Goodbye, everybody. Join us again next time, which is probably tomorrow, to get the news you can use from YAA. YAA is your trusted source for all things auto. Thanks for listening. See you soon. soon.